the Your Life Sucks podcast, destigmatizing mental health through discussion. Hi, all. Welcome back to the podcast. And today we're here with registered nutritionist Brucka Copstick. This podcast is going to be a little bit different from our normal ones as we don't have a teenager. But I really thought, you know, physical and mental health are so interconnected. So we should definitely have a nutritionist who will talk about uh, eating and restrictive eating and how it affects the brain and your mental health. So I brought in Bracha. Bracha is great. And she's going to talk to us about what teenage eating should look like, what healthy teenage eating should look like, and what restrictive eating looks like. So hi, Bracha. Hello. Hi, everybody. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, why you chose to be a nutritionist, and what you do on the daily. Sure. So just to clarify, I'm actually a registered dietitian, and that's just, (laughs) yeah, it's a confusing one, but that is just the... the... Is there there much of a difference? Uh, So registered dietitian is a protected term, so it means that I've completed the schooling and the training and have taken a test, as well as I keep up with continuing education, making sure that I'm meeting regulations to work in this field. Uh, Nutritionist doesn't necessarily have to go through all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So what do I do or why did I get into this? Mm -hmm. So it was really much from my own experiences as a teenager. Mm -hmm. I was fortunate enough to grow up in a home where food really was not a big issue. Um, where we had, you know, the healthy food, the less healthy food. And we'll probably touch on some of those ideas mm-hmm. in today's discussion. Um, but I noticed that a lot of my friends didn't have that same experience. And a lot of people were developing problematic eatings. I had family and friends who had developed eating disorders. And that powerlessness as a teenager, but even growing older, of having no clue what to do and and how to help people experiencing these problems around food really wanted me to get the training and get the resources to be able to help. Mm -hmm. Um, And because it really was spurred in my teenage years, that's really the age that I enjoy working with, with uh, tweens and and teenagers. Mm -hmm. So what do you, tell me the conversations that you have, what do you do every day? you know, meeting with people? Uh, so working with teenagers and with kids. So there's, there's really a lot of that conversation around what does a good relationship with food look like? What does it mean to eat healthy and to mm-hmm. nourish our bodies in the best way possible? I think kids or teenagers are really interested in leading a healthy life, but it can get really confusing about what that actually means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's start off. What role does nutrition play in a teenager's life? Oh, it's a huge role. I mean, teenager is a stage of growth and development. So there's a huge need for food and for nutrition. There's beyond just, you know, getting taller, getting broader. There's also a lot of internal development. So There's even if you think they've reached your height, you've reached your growth, there's still your organs, your bones, your brain. Like there's still a ton of development going on for you to reach your adult body. And that needs Mm -hmm. a lot of nutrients. But even beyond that, it's food in general plays a 
big role in, in t with teenagers because of that connective role that food plays. That mm -hmm. when we share a meal, we share connection, we, we share socialization. And because teens are such a social bunch, the, our food and, and what we eat really can either connect us or not connect us. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now let me ask you, what does good teenage eating look like? So I think it really looks like um, being comfortable around food. So mm -hmm. not having rules around eating. So what I mean by rules is not eating only at certain times of the day or certain amounts, um, not following caloric restrictions, um, and, and also willing to willing and able to try new food not restricting the food that you're eating, not limiting how much you're eating, and also like eating in response to your body's needs. Mm -hmm. Meaning that if I'm hungry, I'm going to eat until I'm full. And, you know, if I get hungry three hours later or 30 minutes later, I'll eat because that's what my body needs. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and eating food is a big thing. So like I have a couple clients right now, they're telling me that when they're hungry, they and it's not the right time to eat, then they'll mm -hmm. drink water or they'll chew some gum to kind of push themselves off into the, to be able to kind of stave off their hunger until it's quote unquote, the right time to eat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're saying that that's, that's not, that's a problem. Wants. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so we'll circle around to restrictive eating in a sec, but I just want to ask you, you, you speak about, you know, not having not having any rules for yourself. Obviously, you know, teenagers can't be eating junk food all the time. So what is I know every individual is different, but what is the general rule that you give to teenagers to how to manage the healthy junky balance? Mm -hmm. One of the things that I do focus on when we're talking about healthy and junky food is to first of all, to try to remove that terminology. Mm -hmm. I, I try to help kids and teens remove that um like that hierarchy of food that some food mm -hmm. is better than others and yes not saying that they're not some food does give our body more nutrients than others but mm -hmm. i really want us to see food as being more than just nutrients and more than just filling us up and giving us fuel but rather also as something that is enjoyable and that can feed us physically but also emotionally sure. socially or so many other ways mm -hmm. so one of the things that i like for people to do when thinking about or trying to make all foods equal in how we approach eating food is to eat food together and i'm going to say i'm going to use the same terms you just used just for clarity's sake but the yeah, healthy yeah, sure. and junky foods Mm -hmm. um, so eating those together in the same meal, even like on the same plate to allow ourselves to recognize that this food is feeding me more than just nutrients. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is like eating on the same, like eating chips and cheese together or having like candy and lunch, like candy mm -hmm. with a sandwich, not to say that, you know, I'm canceling out the badness, so to speak, of that candy, but rather mm -hmm. to show that candy and sandwiches are morally equal and they're both giving me nourishment. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so given all of that, 
how should teenagers, you know, approach their lifestyle with a healthy mindset, creating that balance between, you know, not not to use those terms, but just for clarity's sake, Mm -hmm. healthy and junky foods. So when we're able to see food as being morally neutral and all of it is providing us with some benefit, then that can help us start learning to tune into our body's needs and, and, and eating according to what our body needs. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I'm needing a piece of chocolate right now. And, and that's fine because that's something that my body needs. Maybe I'm feeling sad or maybe I'm feeling overwhelmed. And food is a, an, a, food is a fine way to deal with emotions. Mm-hmm. And being in tune with our body, it helps us get to eat the right amounts of food that is nutritious and food that is say emotionally nourishing okay so now circling back to restricted eating i really want to speak about the factors that that lead teenagers to decide to restrict their food and then after that how it affects teenagers psyche what causes teens to restrict their foods i think is very multifactorial yeah sure it could be anything from wanting to change the way they look Mm-hmm. to wanting to gain some control over their lives. Sometimes we'll see kids have lost a lot of weight, say from an illness or from a quick growth spurt. Mm-hmm. And then they'll get like a lot of compliments or they'll hear a lot about how different their bodies look and they'll want to maintain that body, that, that weight loss. Mm-hmm. And that and, you know, compliments aren't a, bad thing it's just you know the teenager really just you know thinking oh I like this I like the compliments I like the people noticing me so let me continue doing this right yeah I mean when we when we comment on people's weight loss that very often will perpetuate continuous wanting to lose weight or wanting to look that Mm -hmm. certain weight which Mm -hmm. generally speaking is not ideal right I want to go back to the the thing of control Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of ironic, I would say, that when teenagers, you know, start restricting their food, having control over their lives and having control over their bodies and what they, they, they put in is really a driving factor. And it gets, it gets to the point where they're no longer in control because it's this, it's this voice in their mind that's telling totally. them to do it. And the teenagers, you know, can't really object to it you know, they're, they're, they're real them. They're not eating disorder voice who, you know, wants to eat like a normal person. So it's, it's kind of funny how they think they're in control, but they're really not. And that's a great point you say, you say, yeah. So how does, you know, restrictive eating affect the teenager's brain? Okay. So there's a couple of ways. So talk about Mm -hmm. in the immediacy of restriction, basically our bodies are created to keep us alive, keep us safe when the body starts feeling restricted, there are safe safety mechanisms to make sure that we're going to be eating enough and to make sure that mm-hmm. the body's getting enough energy to function. And one of those tactics is for our brains to start thinking um, a lot more about food. So mm-hmm. when, we, when, we're, when hungry. we're hungry, yeah. So if we are ignoring our hunger or we're restricting our food, we're going to start thinking a lot more about food. We're going to experience cravings and just that constant thoughts. 
And, you know, I'll have clients tell me that they're always thinking about food when they're not eating. So they're really afraid of eating more because if I'm not thinking about, if I'm thinking about food now, when I don't eat, once I start eating, I'll think of it even more. But it's completely the opposite that once we are eating a satisfactory amount, the body can actually stop thinking about food and move on to other things. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like when you tell someone, don't think of a pink elephant. And, you know, all they're going to do is think about a pink elephant. You know, when you tell yourself, don't think about food, don't think about food, you know, you're not hungry, you're not hungry. All you're going to think about is food, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's kind of like that, that opposite effect that comes with, comes with, you know, trying to repress. Yeah. And this is also even more so much stronger because it is a survival tactic. Mm-hmm, 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 100%. Um, and then the second way, and this would be once somebody has been restricting for a significant amount of time. So that's like a starved brain. The brain isn't getting enough nutrition. It's not getting enough energy for it to be working at its peak. So mm-hmm. essentially what happens is it starts shutting down some of the functions because mm-hmm. it just doesn't have enough energy to work everything. So stuff starts getting shut down. And that was to everyone, but even more so for someone who has like a mental illness, such as like, you know, anxiety or depression, it's going to be a lot stronger because the brain just isn't nourished and isn't able to manage all of the, the care or optimal functioning. Mm-hmm. And, and we even see that there's like, there are medicines that don't work as effectively when a person isn't appropriately nourished. So we can't even treat say anxiety to its mm-hmm. best amount. Like we can't treat it fully unless the brain is nourished. How do you treat, or what would your plan be for someone who has restrictive eating? You know, either they've been restricting, let's say for a week or for a much longer amount of time, six mm-hmm. months, let's say, how would your, what would your plans be and how would they differ? So ideally, and, and this would be for absolutely everyone, ideally we want teenagers and everyone to be eating three meals a day and about two or three snacks a day with a Mm -hmm. variety of food. And that's regardless of amount of time restricted, or even if there was no time restricted is to be eating frequently and to be getting uh, an assortment of foods to make sure that you are meeting all of your body's needs. If someone was restricting for six months, would it be, you know, a more gradual process to that point? than let's say someone who was restricting for a week? Yeah, it would be. And that would be very specific care to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you have any stories of how you've led teenagers, helped parents and their teens live their healthiest lives, you know, share them, please. Okay, sure. So yeah, these are both stories about um, helping teens eat more, but uh, I'll give you specific background. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had this one client who was really worried about how much he eats at night. He felt that he was eating a lot at dinner time, and he just didn't feel physically comfortable and it was like affecting his sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we were looking at the way that he was eating throughout the day. And we saw that he was really eating small amounts at his in you know, in his meals and his snacks during the day. Um, This was one Mm -hmm. of the guys who was drinking water when he was hungry. So he really needed to eat more during the day because what happens is one of the things the body does to make sure that it gets enough nutrients is that it backloads. If you're not eating enough during the day, it'll make up for it at the end of the day where you just can't stop eating. Um, Mm -hmm. So with him, we worked on making a more scheduled 
meal and snacks with with more food throughout the day mm-hmm. um, so that by dinner time he was able to eat uh, an amount that felt good and filling, but it wasn't leading him to feel that heaviness or that over fullness. And it, and it really mm-hmm. helped him also with his sleep and, and just feeling overall physically better in that sense. Yeah. And, and mentally too, I'm sure he felt, you know, more, more, you know, satisfied mentally, like, Oh, I had a good dinner. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, I'm, I'm taking care of my body by eating more in the day. And, you know, that gives me the ability to concentrate on my, on my schoolwork or, or my job or, or yeah. whatever, and really just make me a happier person during mm-hmm. the day. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then this next person was um, also mm-hmm. dinner time. She felt a lot of stress around it to make sure that she would eat enough. And she felt like that anxiety of, you know, what if I don't like that meal, but I'll have to eat a lot to make myself feel full. And with her, we actually worked on allowing her or giving herself permission to eat a pre-bedtime snack. And that was that was kind of hard because we have so many of these rules in our head that like you can't eat after a certain time at night or that you shouldn't go to bed with a full stomach. But that's obviously not the case. Our bodies don't just shut down. Um, mm-hmm. So once she was able to work past that those beliefs and those rules she had, she noticed that her stress and her anxiety in general at night was a lot more controlled. And then she wasn't worried about going hungry because she knew that she was allowed to eat again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Really just, you know, as you said in the beginning, d- destroying all the rules you have about food because, you know, sometimes our bodies don't work in rules and, you know, we're hungrier than, on some days than we are exactly. other days. Um, so really, and also that interplay between, you know, I'm not eating enough, so I'm anxious. Really bad interplay between physical and mental health is so apparent in that yeah. story. Yeah, it's so much mm. that the rules are making you anxious, the hunger is making you anxious, anxiety is making, yeah, total interplay there. Raja, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was such a great conversation. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me here, Ben. Of course. This concludes the podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.